This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. She's the CEO and executive director of the Federation of Protestant Welfare Agencies. I mean, welcome to the show, Jennifer Jones Austin. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Really well, glad to, to be here you. with you. You know, um, truthfully, I've never been poor. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Uh, but I've, I've been around it. You know, I, I joke about visiting um, Augusta, Georgia as a kid in the summer. And I had cousins who were on public assistance. And I remember mm-hmm. being so excited to go with them because they would get the government lunch. Government cheese? No, it wasn't just the cheese. They it was a whole school. sandwich mm-hmm. and stuff and the, the hamburgers, everything. And it was delicious. So I would pretend... You know, I'm getting in line because you had to have you know, your little ticket or whatever. Uh-huh. And I was so excited to be to stand out of line. And then we come back and, you know, and they lived in the projects mm-hmm. and I would hang out and I would spend most of my summers in the project. And I loved it. I loved it because I didn't know I was a kid. And I remember somebody used to babysit me and they, you know, they would give us mayonnaise sandwiches. I didn't know that that was, I love mayonnaise sandwiches. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a poverty. I didn't. So wow. I'm a little ignorant. But also, you know, kids don't know. But yeah. adults deal with it every day. And it's unfortunately very prevalent. I was um, looking at the stats um, and the people who are on welfare. You need that, right? Absolutely. You absolutely do need it. The thing that we need to always keep in mind, though, in America today is that there's a measure of poverty. They call it the federal poverty measure. And it says that uh, it's going down every year, that fewer and fewer people are poor. But it's not really accurate because what it says is that a family of four in America is considered poor if they make less than $24,000, $24,600, a family of four. Now, what we know, we're here in New York. What we know is that a family of four in New York can't get by on really anything less than $100,000. I'm rounding up, but about $100,000. I was going to say, a family of one can't get by on $24,000. So that current federal poverty measure, it's based on, it goes back decades on this algorithm that said that food was the most expensive household item. That goes back like 30, 40, 50 years ago. Today, housing is the most expensive household item. So if you create a federal poverty measure that still holds today that says food is how you're going to determine who's poor and who's not, you're going to leave out a whole lot of people. Mm. The current federal poverty measure doesn't take into account differences in geography. So it costs more to keep your family you know, fed and housed in New York than it might in certain parts of the South or other parts of the nation. So we got the wrong, wrong measure here. But the fact of the matter is that there are a lot more people who are struggling today than are declared poor if you will so nowadays you got uh better than they say you got better than i should say nearly 50 percent of americans who are struggling every day to make ends meet to pay for their food to pay for housing transportation child care all of that i had a, a buddy who was very sick who was very successful and fell on hard times mm-hmm. and she had a kid that had special needs and she had to sign up for food stamps. And I remember she was embarrassed about it. And I'm like, you can't be embarrassed to right. do something that you absolutely need. And everyone can't necessarily pitch in when they're, you know, the government is there as a safety net absolutely. for citizens. It's why FDR did his new deal, absolutely. which, you know, if you think about it, it's the most humane thing you can do is to be there to when people don't have other options. Absolutely. But you know what we did? The, even the Constitution says that we are to provide for the general welfare of all Americans. That's right? in the Constitution? Yes, but you know what happened? We we criminalized poverty. 
we stigmatized poverty. We made, you know, we made poverty look like, you know, we called out like the, the welfare mom and they ma we made her a black woman. Whereas around the nation, more, more Caucasians are on welfare than are on black, pe than black people. We did all of these things to make poverty a negative and make people feel less than, as though they weren't worthy, they weren't deserving. Or that it's their fault. Or that it's their fault. Right. right? That, that somehow you aren't doing something right, which is why I think this food program uh, is even more insidious because it's saying you don't have the wherewithal to pick food for yourself. You're Absolutely. not responsible enough as a parent or as a person to be able to take this food stamp and go buy nutritious food Absolutely. for your children. As if this president who eats McDonald's and, <laughs> and freaking soda all the time with his um, hundred pound overweight yeah. self has the audacity to tell somebody how to eat. When was the last time you whitened your teeth? I had to go to the dentist because I drink about three cups of tea a day and my teeth can get really stained really quickly. And if that's you with the holidays coming up and all of these smiling pictures that you're going to be in, you want to get your teeth the whitest as possible. And now you can do it without going to the dentist. You can go to buypowerswabs.com and use my code HUNTER. Listen, this year... The teeth can be whitened, and you've never whitened your teeth until you whiten them with power swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. I'm talking five minutes, and power swabs will never leave your teeth and gums sore or sensitive like the other whitening treatments, and they're totally safe and effective on all dental work. And if you're not happy, power swabs are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So go try power swabs, and you'll not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in just Five minutes, and I have a great deal for you. When you go to buypowerswabs.com and you use my code Karen, you get 40% off and an additional $10 off plus a free quick stick. That's right, 40% off plus $10 off plus a free quick stick at buypowerswabs.com code Karen, or you can call them 800 668 1749 Use code Karen. That's 800-668-1749. Use code Karen or go to BUYBuyPowerSwabs.com today. It's an absolute shame. Essentially what we're doing is we're saying, you, to your point, you don't have the mindset. You don't have the ability to regulate yourself. And so we've got to do it for you. So what they're going to do is they're going to take money out of the, it's a monthly voucher that people get for food stamps. They're going to cut that. You may still get a little bit, but they're going to cut that and then they're going to send you a monthly box. Like we're call in it, Cuba. Right, like a produce box. And it's supposed to be filled with all healthy and nutritious foods so that they can regulate you and get you and your family back on so track. So you're rations. You're going to get rations. So this is America? This is, is America. Is this the American way? Are we, what is this? Don't we fight against socialism? Isn't it? A six six eight zero one eight two four five. It's so complex, mm -hmm. this conversation. Um, and I don't know if many Americans have it and i think we should i i do think you know we're talking with jennifer jones austin uh ceo and executive director of the federation of protestant welfare agencies fpwa we don't talk about poverty because it is a stigma attached mm -hmm. to it and when we have poor relations i was talking to somebody and it's like we don't want to know about that and we don't embrace one another we don't we don't have empathy yeah. or sympathy um how do, how do we have a different conversation around this topic? So for me, I believe that it, it requires us looking at what I was just talking about, the, that federal poverty measure, and looking at something else called self-sufficiency. If you in, there's a there was a woman who created a standard called the self-sufficiency standard, where she said, what do you need to really get by? Mm 
And when she did that, she found that you need a lot more than the federal poverty measure says. Well, the fact of the matter is that if we look at self-sufficiency, then more people, you may be above poverty, you may be making more than $24,000 as a family of four, but you still aren't making enough to take care of yourself. But if we looked at what it costs you to be self-sufficient, then maybe more people will be inclined to say, oh yeah, that's me. I need help. I need help. I can't pay for my kids to go to to go to after school and get enrichment programs, which keeps them from getting ahead in school. You know what? I don't have enough money for childcare and enough money to pay for summer camps for my kids to make sure that they are safe and they're they're well taken care of. So but I even can that go to the summer camp uh, or the, the kinds of programs that other people send their kids there to helps them, you know, bridge the gap because those three months have been shown when those kids are off two months in the summer, they come back to school so much further behind because they haven't retained and there's no conduit to keep them in retention of the knowledge that they learn in the in the summer in the spring yep we need those programs. It's not. It's not a luxury to send a kid away to a science camp no. or to some sort of place where they it's can get what it. contributes. It's what people. When we talk about the funding of education and education equality in America, and we leave it just talking about what the public schools are doing and what they're not doing. We don't even begin to get into the conversation of what the experiences of that affluent or more or more privileged child than the kid who's growing up in poverty. That kid who gets to go to a 20, sometimes a five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar program over the summer that gives them the education supports that they need. The, it exposes them to different opportunities, different worlds, different ways of showing up in the world. But the kid who's growing up in poverty is literally just sitting in front of the TV all day. And so we don't. They're look, not even out playing anymore. They're not even out playing yeah. anymore. But we don't even talk about that when we talk about quality education in America. Why don't we care enough? 866-801-8255. I don't have kids, right? Um, and I've never been poor. But yet I care immensely about the future because I somehow inherently recognize that those kids, if not provided the proper opportunities, will become the pariah that we already say they are, number one. But I think the nation could miss out on some things by not energizing and activating some of these kids that we've written off. Absolutely. Well, the truth of the matter is when you look at what's happening in America compared to other nations, when you look at what's happening in America compared to other nations, you see that we are falling farther and farther behind with respect to our ability to grow our our, our economy because people in other nations are much more faster, they're much more ahead of our children. So we should be paying attention to that. The flip of that is that we're this capitalist society. So we believe, right, that some people have and some people should not have right that some people are entitled to certain things and other people are not and it feeds why some people uh, can continue to be living impoverished lives why we can have mass incarceration why we can have children just getting by and others of others of us can do better and the sadness the sadness is that it's not just the top one percent who feel that way towards the you know the lowest income people you have it even within the middle income strata right you even have it among people of color well i got ahead i picked right. myself why, up by the bootstraps why you, can't you i was one of those people Jennifer Jones Austin. Mm-hmm. I, I confess a lot on this on these airways because I think part of our evolution as human beings is to admit the things that we we struggle with Absolutely. or the things that we need to fix and we need to check one another. You know, I came from a family my dad was poor. He lived um, in Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. one of eight. He used to talk about sleeping in the bed with his brothers like sardines, one head to foot. You mm-hmm. know, uh-huh. and at any given time, you know, they they literally were in two rooms the mother and father lived in one room they were in that room and there was a you know one of those front rooms that the other the girls slept in they had a pot belly stove Mm. they didn't have a refrigerator they would put stuff out on you know so so 
I watched him, you know, become a very wealthy man. Mm-hmm. As you know, I watched him, and he—I mm-hmm. don't have student loans, and I, so I, I said it's possible if you just work hard. You know, he got up every morning at five a.m. I tell the story a lot, but then I realized, you know, he was wired a different way. He was OCD right. and had—he's probably half crazy because not normal <laughs> people. Normal people don't do what he was doing. That said. That's not everyone's story, and I can't say because my dad did it, you should be able to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And the other thing that we've got to remember is that a lot of the children and youth today are living with trauma, right? They are living in conditions where you have one in three black men likely to be incarcerated, one right. in 17 black women likely to be incarcerated. And so what is the experience of a child? When was the last time you whitened your teeth? I had to go to the dentist because I drink about three cups of tea a day and my teeth can get really stained really quickly. And if that's you with the holidays coming up and all of these smiling pictures that you're going to be in, you want to get your teeth the whitest as possible and now you can do it without going to the dentist. You can go to buypowerswabs.com and use my code HUNTER. Listen, this year... The teeth can be whitened, and you've never whitened your teeth until you whiten them with power swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. I'm talking five minutes, and power swabs will never leave your teeth and gums sore or sensitive like the other whitening treatments, and they're totally safe and effective on all dental work. And if you're not happy, power swabs are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So go try power swabs, and you'll not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in just Five minutes, and I have a great deal for you. When you go to buypowerswabs.com and you use my code Karen, you get 40% off and an additional $10 off plus a free quick stick. That's right, 40% off plus $10 off plus a free quick stick at buypowerswabs.com code Karen, or you can call them 800 668 1749 Use code Karen. That's 800-668-1749. Use code Karen or go to B-U-Y by powerswabs.com today. Whose, whose, whose uh, mother or father is incarcerated. You're living with trauma, right? When you're living in a household where you have no food to eat, Right. Right. You're living in trauma when you got like the ceiling falling in on you. And so those lead, lead, those conditions can really, you know, can can impact you greatly. Some people can live through it. Not everybody can. And you say that my dad always says my father never left. He stayed there with the kids. He read his paper every morning. So he got to see modeling behavior, even though they were poor, that inspired him. Eight, six, six, eight, zero, one, eight, two, five, five. We're talking to Jennifer Jones, Austin. We're talking poverty today. You can follow her on Twitter at JJA, at, not the at symbol, but literally A-T. F is in Frank, P is in Peter, W-A. You can follow her on Twitter, JJA, at F-P-W-A. What is it that you do at this um, Federation of Protestant Welfare Agencies? What What is this? So the Federation of Protestant Welfare Agencies is nearly 100 years old. It's an organization that's based in New York City, but we work on policy issues here in New York City, New York State, and then at the na- national level. The organization was founded years ago. This is deep. It was by Protestants. By obviously. Protestants <laughs> to be the voice at the policymaking table, sitting alongside United Jewish Association and Catholic Charities. What was happening years ago 
when children were going coming into foster care, when they were being orphaned, orphaned, was that New York City would say, oh, if you're Jewish, you go to this Jewish agency. If you are Catholic, you go over here to this Catholic agency. And everybody else, you go with the Protestants. And what was happening is that the, the Jewish associations were advocating and lobbying for their children and getting the resources they needed. The same thing for the Catholic children wasn't happening for Protestant children and other children who didn't fall into any classification. And so FPWA, Federation of Protestant Welfare Agencies, stepped up and said, we're going to be the voice for those children. 100 years later, nearly 100 years later, we are concerned about everybody who's struggling to make ends meet. So it's an organization that has better than 180 human service, health and human service agencies on the ground delivering services. But these agencies are Protestant, they're Catholic, they're Muslim, they're Jewish, and the great majority, the overwhelming majority, are just simply secular organizations because we think well, everybody needs opportunity. There's some atheists up in there too, I'm sure of it. They may not hold themselves out like that, but they're up in there, and that's all right. So why why is this something that you are passionate about, Jennifer? Why do you care about, why are you doing this? So I grew up, I appreciate your saying that, I grew up, I am a fourth generation uh, faith and social justice leader. My father was a Baptist minister and civil rights leader. He was the president of the New York chapter of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference when King was president of the National Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Together they founded the Progressive National Baptist Convention when they couldn't get the National Baptist Baptist Convention to sign on to a progressive civil rights agenda. My grandfather was roommates with uh, Martin Luther King Sr. So social justice and activism and this sense of like, you know, having a responsibility to your community is it's it's by it's in my DNA. And um, I'm a lawyer by training. I'm not a minister. But uh, when it came time to figuring out what I was going to do, I felt that God put a calling on my life to work on behalf of vulnerable children. So you are a minister. So I think I got a ministry. Yeah, yeah. because if sh we should all have one. I think right? so. Um, if we're here, we're here for a reason. So Absolutely. find your ministry, people. And I'm so happy that you said that that's in your DNA. But I think, you know, caring about people should be in everybody's DNA if you're a human being. It's got to be in everybody's. And the things that we have to start, we have to move farther and farther away from this embracing of the haves and have nots. And I got to have more than you, or I got mine, you got to get yours. Mm. Because we have to understand that we're all part of this one community. Years ago, I had um, leukemia. And I had a form of leukemia that required I have a bone marrow transplant. Um, what I found when I needed that bone marrow transplant was I needed a donor. They told me I was most likely to match with someone from the same race and ethnicity. They told me I would likely find a match in my siblings, three full-blooded siblings, same mother, same father. They were tested. They matched each other. They didn't match me. Wow. So I had to turn to the bone marrow registry um, Eight million people in the registry at the time, less than 500,000 people of African descent. We combed through that registry. We didn't find one match for me. So my husband, who's a good guy, he said, you know what? We got to go out there and find you a donor. And he launched a nationwide search, brought 13,000 people of African descent to the registry in less than three months. Didn't get a match from them. But the interesting thing was that what I saw through that process were African-Americans, black people stepping up for somebody they didn't even know. They heard that I was in trouble and they went to work and they registered to become potential bone marrow donors for me. And what that taught me was, you don't know me. But you thought enough of me to try to save me. And so what that did was that reinvigorated in me this sense that I had to do more to try to save other people. Mm. Right? I just want to sit with that for a minute. I'm in my Wakanda moment. Just, Jennifer, it. just let me just. 
Jennifer Jones, Austin. Um, so who, who, how did you find a bone marrow? So I never got a bone marrow donor. Interestingly, I never got one. Um, there were other people who were getting uh, matches because when people register, they can be more and more people. So some people. people got saved because you. Lots of people got saved. So what happened was I, I was now I'll tell you, I, I, I may not call myself a minister, but I do pray. And I was like, Lord, I do not want to be a martyr. Right. Like this is all well and good. <laughs> I, I need to live. Right. There's yeah. a purpose in this suffering. But please, something more for me, if it's possible. Well, you know what I got? I got the umbilical cord blood of two African-American baby boys. The cord blood that's thrown in the trash when a baby is born. There are life-saving stem cells in that cord blood. And essentially what they did was they took those stem cells and they gave me a transfusion. Looked like a blood transfusion. No surgical invasive procedure, nothing like that. Which usually is the case with a bone marrow yes. transplant, by the way. It's so painful. Absolutely. It's painful to extract the bone marrow, it's which is painful. why a lot of people don't do it. Right. But suck up the pain Absolutely. for crying out to loud. Save right. So I got the cord blood. And here's the interesting thing. I tell people all the time, I go anywhere and everywhere. I've written a book about it titled Consider Pure Joy. Time and out. Y'all got that in there? <laughs> the people in the, in, the, in, the, in the cheap seats in the, in the studio, we got to tweet that out, okay? I, I, Consider I have to tell our team. Pure joy. Consider um, pure joy. And essentially what I talk about is how I answered a calling on my life by God when I was in law school to work on behalf of vulnerable children. And nearly 20 years later when I was suffering from a rare form of leukemia and I needed someone to save me. I looked to my family, no match in my family. I looked to a registry with better than 8 million people, not one match in it for me. My husband then did this, this, this uh, search, 13,000 people, not one match found for me. But the umbilical cord blood of two African-American baby boys, the boys who this nation says have no value, wow. have no purpose. Wow. They saved me. So here I was thinking that, you know, I was out there doing the work of saving God's children. But when I needed someone to save me, God sent his children. It's all good. Consider it pure joy. I'm going to go to the phones. 866-801-8255. There's enough tears shed today. Chat with Bozeman. We had a little, um, a big, actually, town hall with the uh, cast of the Black Panther um, oh, yeah. and Sway. In the I morning. got my tickets. Yeah, me too, for Friday. But I saw it last night um, at a wow. screening. Shout out to April Rain. But this is, again, people doing doing that. And Chadwick yes. told a story today that had everybody. He had to leave the room. It was so, but it was on the same wow. tip of what you're talking about. God, God is in the room. All right, I'm going to go to the phones. Listen, um, y'all got to get this book. Is it on Amazon? So it's coming out on Amazon on March 1st. Oh, so it's not out yet. But it's coming March so, 1st. Okay, well, we got you. We got you. Pre-order that sucker into number one status, okay? Count it. Count it pure <laughs> Consider joy. It Consider pure it. Joy. it pure joy. Jennifer Jones, Austin. We'll tweet out a link as well. Let me go to the phones, 866-801-8255. I'm going to head over to, um, where should I go? Oh, uh, uh, Ter Teresia in Massachusetts or Teresia. Teresa. Teresa. Okay, that makes it even easier. Teresa, Massachusetts, Hello? welcome. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hi, Karen. I didn't know who to call, so okay. I called you, girl. Listen, my son attends Morehouse College. He's a freshman, straight-A student. I just got a letter in the mail. I just opened the mail. It was actually addressed to him. said that because he receives financial aid, I made him take out the unsubsidized and the subsidized loan, $3,000 a year. So he gets $1,500 one, one semester, like 500 is unsubsidized, 1000 is subsidized. 
So that's the only financial aid that he gets. He got, he gets a scholarship from Morehouse, and then I pay the rest. And he gets, you know, outside scholarships. They said that he has to register with the Selective Service. or And if he refuses to register, what does that, mean? that it is a crime punishable by imprisonment or a fine. And oh, that's to to, to 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 be in the army. Yeah, somebody, another one of our listeners said that. I think the ratchet there. Okay, I've heard this before that you have to sign up to join the army or to join. You know, if you are getting any kind of uh, aid, I've I've heard this before. Um, even Ron was saying that that's always been part of the law in this country. It's it's part of the law in this country. It hasn't been enforced, but I suspect that this administration will enforce it. Yep. And that's the truth. That's that's the truth. And I know you you're um, not happy about that. Right. Essentially, you know, I'm, I'm just doing a little bit of research because I hadn't heard that they were enforcing it. But if you receive a federal student loan, then uh, they can mandate you to sign up for selective service. The unfortunate thing, though, is that you have to look at the fine print because sometimes we fill out these forms and you got that tiny little language and you don't really know what it means. So um, doesn't necessarily mean that he has to serve. You know, like, but they are uh, we've had we have a lot of military folk listening. We have a huge family of people who are serving uh, in this country uh, right now. And they said that there's a, there's some movement to require a it. lot of movement happening. Uh, and they're 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 ratcheting up for something. Mm hmm. The interesting thing is I'm just doing a little bit more research on it. And uh, the interesting thing is that this is probably going to be challenged at some point because it still stands that it just has to be males, uh, no females. And so you might get some challenges just on that. Which right, because that's discriminatory. That's discriminatory. Right. Yep, yep, Yo, yep. Yeah, but in the meantime, in the meantime, in the meantime he's got to sign up. He's got to fill. He's got to sign. He's got to sign that document. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is that like in this, I'm glad that you're raising this because we need to get the word out there because parents are filling out FAFSA and they're getting these loans for FAFSA, their children. FAFSA, what is that? It's the financial aid student. Uh, it's the student form that you fill out when you want to apply for federal financial. government. Financial aid. aid. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so people are filling it out. What happens if they just ignore it and throw it in the garbage? Oh, you could likely, you know, if you're receiving government money and you are ignoring these obligations, they can, they can find you. And if they you're black, yep. you, hello, did you just hear Jeff Sessions? Yep. He's, the sheriffs are there to do what? Protect white heritage? White, right, no, he said Anglo. I don't know Anglo. what that is. Anglo. That's not that's not I, black, I, right? I think, Anglo is white. Is that white? Kind of right that's European. White. That's yeah. Anglo. I think you're there. Yeah. So that means that if you're not signing it and you're black, you're probably going to be targeted or at least uh, swooped down on. Yep. Yep. Damn it. I... I but this is why I preach what I preach on this show about you talk about self-sufficiency. Yeah. I preach empowerment. I don't want you ever to be at anybody's mercy. I asked people to save $10,000 last year, 25000 this year. Oh, I can't do it. Yeah, you can. You can find some place to save or take Absolutely. on Uber or do something. Do more because the last thing you want to do is be at anybody's mercy for a loan, for a home, or to be in a situation where you can't pay for your kids to go to school. Absolutely. And now you're, you know, everybody wants those checks, but they always come with a price. And sometimes it's our freedom. And I don't, yeah. I don't ever want us to be in a situation, Wakanda, 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 that has to be the rallying cry right. for us to be self-sufficient and free from anybody's ability to come in and tell you what you're going to do with your life. And we need to start telling our children that you know these are hard choices right no you can't have those you know those those 200 300 400 dollar sneakers because we got to put that money away to save for your college education i'm sorry you can't have the latest trends on this and this and that 
And because we need otherwise to start you saving. might wind up in the right. army. And we need to start saving when they're born. So That's they can right. have a choice. Like my, I wish my dad, because we, we had talked about this, I wanted to start a business. He was like, you're going to go to school first. So I was like, all right, cool. Absolutely. So I did that checklist. But, you know, maybe you save enough money, I can purchase a home. I could, you know, like yep. maybe your kid doesn't go to school. Maybe your kid learns how to code and is making more money than you. So you use that money to build his financial wealth in other Absolutely. ways. But we got to start thinking about that. If Absolutely. we spend a trillion dollars, damn it, you can't tell me we don't have enough money to... Right. But you know, the other thing is that we talk about the poverty gap and we talk about the income gap. We talk about uh, people of color, African Americans and Latinos still making far less on the dollar. 66 cents for right. black women. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. We don't do enough to talk about the wealth gap in America. And that's even greater, right? part of our mission right? healthy, but, healthy, I mean, but, but America we just gloss over that right because it's the money in your pocket in the moment but the fact of the matter is that the wealth gap is greater today than it was 30 40 50 yes. years ago and primarily because of home ownership primarily because of home ownership and you know what under Trump's latest budget the budget that he released yesterday he's cutting the community development block grants which is going to take away money for community redevelopment money that goes to low low interest low income home ownership which is why if y'all are connecting the dots here listening to this show we had mayor uh karen weaver from flint on today mm -hmm. we had the mayor from miami gardens i'm doing something right now we're going mm -hmm. out registering the people to, registering people to vote hashtag uh 10 for 2018 we're asking 10 each of you to get 10 people to register yes. not just for frivolous you know needs because we need to start controlling our own neighborhoods and communities and this is how you do that and Absolutely. so we're not at the mercy of the government again it can't reroute our water if we control our own cities. Absolutely. Those community development block grants have been going to low-income communities to bring about economic development, build housing, stronger housing in those schools, which then supports greater education, greater health uh, care systems. And Trump is proposing to wipe those out. Anita in South Carolina, welcome. You're on with Jennifer Jones Austin. Thank you so much. And I'm a first-time caller. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I am so excited to hear this conversation. Um, we know, and I love this show, Karen, that the show is about knowledge. In South Carolina, we just did the self-sufficiency study a couple of years ago for the first time. And, you know, learning about what's required to be self-sufficient is the most empowering thing that our communities can do because we hear about poor people and poverty and people get poverty fatigue all the time. But when you actually have accurate current data, that, as opposed to just the federal poverty measurements, as Ms. Jones Austin was sharing, then you start to realize that you can't even work yourself out of those conditions if you're doing everything correct. Because mm -hmm. by the time you get That's up in the right. morning and hit the alarm clock, you're already behind uh -huh. mm -hmm. when you actually consider the real cost, the 2018 cost, um, you know, for example, in South Carolina, we learned that a family of two, of three, of, of one adult and two kids, it costs $41,000 to cover all of our costs. That's transportation, childcare, housing. Now, if you look at what the federal poverty measurement says, it's, they're only suggesting that they need $20,000. Mm -hmm. So it removes a lot of the guilt that many people assume that they're bad because they're not figuring it out. You can't figure your way out of this, and it also helps. I'm so excited to learn about the Federation because it helps us talk to our legislators and say, yes, poverty levels look like this according to the feds, but when you use things like the self-sufficiency standard, you'll find out that more of your constituents are actually living in poverty than you even 
realize, and our legislators are starting starting to digest and hear some of that. And so this is just such an empowering conversation. And the 37 states, or maybe 38, have actually conducted the self-sufficiency right. standard. Um, South Carolina, I want to say, was the 37th. Mississippi even beat us on this one. But, right. um, but you can check with your state to see if a standard has been, if that study has been completed. And it's really good information for especially our communities to be aware of. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much for your call. I, I really appreciate what you're saying. You know, what we have to keep in mind is that there is, it's by design that the federal government keeps using the federal poverty measure, right? Because if it looks like poverty is going down, then that means we don't need SNAP to the same level we, we, we've we been funding it. We don't, SNAP being this, uh, the food stamps program. We don't need the uh, public cash assistance program at the same level. We don't need Medicaid at the same level, mm. right? All of these programs tie in with federal poverty measures. So it's to their it's to their advantage to say the numbers are going down. So as people, as wages are marginally going up, but nonetheless going up, right? So we saw an but increase. not at the rate of inflation. Not at the rate of inflation. And additionally, those new jobs that are being put in, the great majority of them are low-paying jobs, right? So people are, people are working now more than they were before, but they're still not making enough to make ends meet. The government has a has has a, has an advantage in telling you the numbers are going down on poverty because then we can go in and cut in these other areas. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Great call, Anita. Thank you so much. Um, let's go to Ron in Brooklyn, or is it? Yeah, Brooklyn. That's BK. Hey, Ron. Hey. I hope I'm not off the topic, but if you're talking poverty, then you're on topic. If not, we're gonna hang up. Who's profiting? Who's who's the benefactor of poverty? I see poverty as a system that would never be eradicated because systems in this country has a profit margin. So if you could speak to that. Who is the benefactor of poverty in America in terms of money? That's an excellent question. It's a really good question. I think we have to look at it, and I'm going to give you kind of the the sociological uh, and the uh, philosophical question on this, right? Um, This is all steeped in, in my opinion, in racism and capitalism. Mm. and this belief that certain people should have and others should not have. And so we are advanced, the the society, uh, the privileged people are advantaged when certain people are kept down and left behind. It lessens the competition. It gives more to those who, more, more and more to those who have. Let's take a look at the tax reform plan that was put in place, right, as a great example. So, you know, uh, on the surface, it looks like everybody's going to win. But everybody's going to win just a little bit. More, some people are going to win a whole lot. And the wealthier people are going to win a whole lot because their taxes were cut the most, right? But the lower income people, they got a little bit of uh, tax cuts. And in just a few years, those tax cuts are going to erode. And they're going to wind up seeing that they have to pay more. Probably as early as next year when they see that they will not be able to have the standard, um, the itemized deductions like the middle income people that have mm-hmm. used itemized deductions for uh, real estate. Uh, they've used them for out-of-pocket health care expenses, uh, interest, ta- interest rates, things like that. They're going to lose out. But who's going to get more money? So the poor people are going to have less in their pockets. Who has more money? The wealthier people have more money to do the things that they want to do with it. And it all relates back to capitalism 
and this belief that certain people should have and others should not. And we put the racism over that because Come then on. it gives you, it gives you a body of people who we can do this to. Right. And feel less and, about it. And make poor people fight with other poor people over something that neither one of them can control, which is the amount of melanin they have or don't have. Absolutely. And now they're busy fighting over dumb stuff while the 1% goes, ha ha, cha-ching, more for us. Keep fighting, you dummies. That's what they did with the enslaved people and the indentured servants. Oh, you're better because you have white skin, but you are eating dirt. There you go. But at least I'm not black. <laughs> really? How's that feeding and, your family? And that's the game that is, continues to be played, right, at all levels of society in America, right? There are the blacks who have, who now look at the blacks who don't have and say, what's wrong with you? They're the whites who look at the blacks and say, what's wrong with you? And you get white people looking at Latinos, blacks looking at, we just keep this thing going, right? And the other thing we got to keep in mind, just going back to your question, is that when you say who benefits economically, sometimes it's in dollars and cents, and sometimes it's just in opportunity. So if you're impoverished and you don't have the same opportunities, then you are less able to compete with people who can, right? So it keeps people who have means still sending their children to the most privileged schools, right? To build the networks that then allow them to keep the resources within their communities, right? It comes in the form of health care. If everybody can afford quality health care, then that means that somebody somebody's going to be de- be denied the opportunity because not every health uh, quality health physician can take care of everybody, right? So we got to keep some people out of the of the hospitals and in those um in those in those physicians offices that aren't taking uh, uh Medicaid and Medicare from everybody. We got to keep those people out so that I can get the health care that I need if I've got the resources to pay mm. for it. Can you come back on a regular basis? Um, I'm so supporting uh, Reverend Barber's Poor People's Movement because mm-hmm. that's what got King killed, so it must have been something to do. And I think we need to start tackling it, even though our listeners, by and large, are people who, are, who have means because who's going to spend money on SiriusXM except the person that understands the power of what we do here on Urban View. And this is a valuable tool and weapon to use to build their arsenal. Absolutely. So, but I want us to address it and maybe come up with a game plan for like folk, that. whether you're, even if you're not poor, how do we tackle this poverty thing and build communities? Let's do that. Can we do that? We can definitely do that. Okay. Uh, and your book is not up on Amazon because we tried to post up, right. it. Oh, so, it's so we tried to post 1st. it. Your, your book, book would have been sold out so you have to come back and we're gonna do that when the book comes out where people can actually pre-order it because they can't it. even pre-order it right now i'll take care all of that. right so you got to come <laughs> back when this can be pre- if that's next week two weeks from now you got to come back and then tell your story again because what you did today was oof, it was um life-altering uh, for a lot of people out there need to hear that story. You're good to me. We're going to do it. Thank you. No, you're good to us. Jennifer Jones Austin, we appreciate you being here. CEO, executive director of FPWA. You can follow her on Twitter at JJAAT, FPWA. Follow her a lot. Follow her a lot. Uh, I think we're going to tackle this.